How have you been doing? I'm sorry I did not inform you that I was traveling to Philippines for a business trip. It's the perfect length. It is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com, episode 151 of the show. Uh, Reminder, guys, go to iTunes and like the show there. Like, rate, review. I see some new reviews, including from uh, uh, someone called Old Asante, who says, first show of the year was effing OMG fabulous. I resolve for 2017 to be funnier, much funnier, and that means more bourbon and all the baller lifestyle I can get. We appreciate that, old Asante. We would appreciate Thank it you. if you, yes, also went to the baller life, or to iTunes and rated the show there. That voice you heard is our very own Ed Daly. Ed, how's it going? I'm sorry to break protocol. I no, forgot. That's okay. We're just we're, I, just ke- heard we're an, keep- I, I heard a nice review. Yeah, we're, we're nice. more loose in 2017. Less less formal, <laughs> less rigid. Um yeah, I I had this thought. We had uh-huh. talked, I think, before the show last week that I finally watched Westworld. And oh, I right, yeah, yes. I don't want to get into a full breakdown. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe that was yeah. it. Because you you had mentioned you had seen it like before the holidays and I, right. I just like did binged it over Robot Christmas fucking, break. Yes. Yeah, but I I it just kind of like dawned on me that like I hadn't really processed the show and we won't get into the show itself, yes. but the idea is like there's a utopia where like rich people pay to have vacation there where it's like robots, That's you right. know, recreating the old West. Right. Yes. Yep. And the first thing that everybody seems to want to do is kill and rape. Yes. And, <laughs> and like, obviously the, the, the writers have a dim view of human, uh, just humankind, but, and it's a little Lord of the flies ish, right? Like yes. everything just, ends up with murder and everything. But I wondered, like, is that, is our laws what's stopping people from just being rapists? Like, that's a weird leap. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's not like I've ever thought, Jesus, if there wasn't a law right now, I would just totally tackle that woman and kill or, or rape her. Like, that's not, I don't know. That's that's something that's, there are some people, right? But like, they made it seem like that's what all rich people would do. Of course they would just kill and rape. Well, there's always, there's always been this sort of, I'm not a religious person and, but I'm totally, I'm not anti-religion either. But there's always, I've encountered throughout my life, people who are like, Oh, you're not, you're agnostic. You don't subscribe to religion. They, they make it seem as though you need to have some sort of faith to keep you from to to have some sort of moral code to live by, which, yeah. Like what's what's stopping yes, you? Yes, which I always thought was preposterous. I don't need to be afraid of what's going to happen to me when I die to be to live by the golden rule. That is that is innately born into all of us, unless you have something wrong with your brain chemistry, right? Or locked in jail for that matter. I mean, <laughs> yes. I get why we have to have some rules, right. but like. That's not what's preventing me from murdering someone. It's like, I just don't want a dead body to happen because of me. And if there's no consequences, I would argue that it's not fun. 
Like if you could just right. go and kill everyone and there's no possibility that they could kill you back. What the fuck is, how would you pay 30 grand to go do that for a week or however much it costs to go to Westworld? That, that's that part. Uh, I just couldn't right. get my mind around where, well, what's wh- like, how much fun could it be? It would get boring after five minutes. Cause you could do whatever you wanted and nothing bad could happen to you. So who gives a fuck? Right. Yeah. Um, fuck and the other thing I want, yeah. yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and this is very oh, philosophical oh, oh, oh. and just, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, I of course didn't watch any award shows because not. just like just like you talking about the NFL draft, like I could read about it the next day. Like any highlight yes. I could I could watch uh, you know, the next morning every relevant clip. But anyway, I still didn't see the speech, but I know the big buzz was about Meryl Streep. And a buddy texted me and was saying, like, isn't this just preaching to the choir, talking about the arts to a room full of yes. of of people at the Golden Globes? And I totally agree, but then I was thinking like isn't at this point everything preaching to the choir? Like literally yeah. everything in the world is preaching to the choir. And I was thinking, I don't know if I've heard an argument that's changed my mind it, it, since it's I was true. like a child. Yeah, it's true. Like I read facts and make up my mind about something. And then the type of opinion pieces that either resonate with me or don't depends if they agree with me or not. And is that just because I'm like older and just like set in my ways? Yeah. Or is it like... Or is it like I've never read somebody arguing? It could be any political piece. It could be music. Yeah. When you read Rolling Stone, say this is a great album, and like remember, I was saying I hadn't listened to the new Bowie, and like this past week, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah. To me, it wasn't good. Right. <laughs> it was not interesting, yeah. and I, I like Bowie fine, but it to me, I was not interested at all. Despite everybody saying this is you know one of the great albums of the year. And I realized, like, there's really no nothing, re- no arguments really get to me anymore. I don't know if it's just me or everybody. No, like, that's everybody. I mean, I, right? Like, everyone just kind of preaches to the choir, and you you read and you like or yeah. retweet or whatever things that you agree with. But like, I don't. Has anyone read like an argument and be like, shit? Like, was there one person, like literally one person, who listened to Meryl Streep and was like, whew, she makes some salient right. points. I have completely right. changed my opinion well, on Trump. Well, like, well, what's the point of it? If you listen to what she said, and I'm not, we're not, let's be clear. We're not doing a political show here. Her, no, th- no, but I, I'm just saying I am, I am as guilty as every person across the spectrum. I, I just, I, I've never changed my mind in the last however many years. The gist of what she said is don't be a bully because bullying breeds more bullying and uh, appreciate the arts and involve yourself in the arts and enjoy the arts. There's, I totally agree with all that. Yeah, there's not but. really anything to disagree with. So I don't know like what like people were real up in arms, but it wasn't she, what she said, if you just listen to what she said, was not controversial in any way. Right. The only thing I liked about it is it's one more set of people shunning a guy who desperately wishes he wasn't shunned. That's by true. Him. That's true. <laughs> That's the only funny part. But yes. like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, is it me that I'm old, or does does anyone get swayed by any argument ever? No. Like, no. I really don't know. No. It's uh, yeah. It's in, unless it's something that you haven't really thought about, and then you and then it right. it comes from someone who you esteem or 
or otherwise feel, you know, is a, a, a compelling voice on something, then yeah, you, that's, that's how you're convinced. But I guess that's just learning these days. People only seek out opinions that they agree with, which is why I never, there's, there's a few conversations. I'll, if you meet me in real life, if you come, yeah. if you come to, I'm talking to the listeners here. If one of you comes here and buys me a beer and, and it's very convenient for me to meet you, I will meet you for a beer. I've met listeners for beers before. Same, same. Yeah. You, if it's convenient for me, it has to be very convenient for me. Mm-hmm. Right. There, here are, it has to have perfectly aligned right. with the schedule. Here are topics I will never engage you on. Sports. Religion. I talk sports. I don't. Politics. Because, one, the only thing... I care less about than being convinced of your opinion about something is trying to convince you of my opinion. Cause I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what you think and I don't care to be swayed to your side of things. So, I mean, I, yeah, I will talk sports. The thing is I don't have like a lot of sports knowledge. I can't really get in depth and I get real bored if we're talking about who's running the two deep zone and who, if, uh, if the kid from North Carolina is better than the kid from Notre Dame in the draft, like I don't know about that stuff. Like I don't, I don't really pay attention. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I that that was it. Yeah, yes. I agree. Like it's it just it's like even music. Like no matter what people argue, it's just I don't know. I'm not, I'm not yeah. buying it. Yeah, no, I get I get it, buddy. I'm with you. Right. I to- I totally agree with you. Um, is that? Oh, we're now on Google Play. Our Cool. Our listener Unicorn Killer reached out on on Twitter and said, "Hey, when are you going to get in Google Play?" So I googled, "How do I get my podcast on Google Play?" And I sent him my RSS feed. And so now, if you get podcasts on Google Play, then it's there. And I've, we're also on the in the Microsoft Store. So, and the only reason we're in these places, I don't, I don't know these places exist. I'm not. I'm not a yeah, tech. Yeah, I. I. Tech guy. You. You were one step ahead of me. I had to Google what Google Play was. Right. I didn't really know about it either, but I did see that, like in Chrome. If you use Chrome, it's one of the apps there in Chrome. Um, so, but my point is, is that if there is a like somebody hit me up um, over the holidays and was like, "Hey, I tried to find your show on Podbean," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm on that," and they're and then they like showed me on their phone and they're like, "No, look," and I'm like, "Oh, fuck, I'm not." So. That's another one I got to get on. Podbean. I'll get on that. But if there's a place where you get podcasts that you cannot find this show, just let me know. Either reach out on Twitter at Brian Beckner or send me an email, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. And just let me know, hey, here's where I get all my other podcasts. I, you know, I don't see your show there uh, because I don't I don't know about this stuff. I don't, I don't know where people get shows. So... You just tell me, and I'll and I'll make sure that we get the show there. Okay, okay. Uh, Ed, no, we have some emails to get to later, but I'm going to save them t- for the fancy sauce okay. portion uh-huh. portion of the show because there's one that specifically relates to something we were speaking about last week in fancy pop. So I just say we get into it. Like, what is going on in the world of sports? Let's talk some sports. All right, let's do it. Former NBA player Dikembe Mutombo. Warned his followers three separate times that his email account had been hacked and used for fraudulent emails that suggested he was in Philippines and in need of cash. Now, luckily for everybody, Deadspin tracked down the emails, which said, How have you been doing? I'm sorry I did not inform you that I was traveling to Philippines for a business trip. 
Please, I will be needing your urgent help with some cash at the moment. My credit cards are not working over here, and I need some sort of hotel bills and book a return ticket. I want you to make a return Western Union transfer for $3,450 to my name and present location. I will make a refund once I set, find myself back home. Get back to me so I can forward you details on how to make the transfer to me. Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, that's a very long chairman, email. <laughs> chairman and president, Dikembe Mutombo Foundation. Yeah. Now, Brian, what's lamer? Email scams or Dikembe Mutombo's finger wagging after every goddamn block? When all you do is one thing. Like, Dikembe Mutombo, good defensive player. But this is the shit offensive player. Yeah, it's the only the thing he could fame, do. I read, like he didn't. He's in the Hall of Fame. Is he? What? No, he's not. Yeah. The, the 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 story that I clicked on it said NBA Hall of Famer Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, well, that's that's just crazy. Um, because all he could do is like he didn't even need to run down on offense because he never did anything. Right. He'd get a put back here and there. Uh, like it's okay to sort of peacock it a little bit if you're sort of doing everything out there. Like if you're Jimmy Butler or James Harden, like you're doing everything on the floor, then you, then you can wag your finger. Um, now this, I would not buy this Dikembe Mutombo thing because I feel like Dikembe Mutombo would have access to some money. Like he would not need to reach out via email to me, like if he had access to email, he had access to money to buy a ticket. Now, if if it were Antoine Walker, on the <laughs> other hand, I would be like, I saw, I once walked out of a bar in Chicago as Antoine Walker was walking in, and I was like, wait, can he afford to be in here? Like, is it? Yeah, is somebody gonna maybe buy, I'm in the wrong place. Somebody get out to buy. Does he work here? Is it like how's this work? I told you a story about the. Uh, I used to work with the brother of a basketball coach who worked on the Celtics with Walker. No. When he was there. Oh, so he's now the coach of, let's say, Seton Hall or something. Right. But he used to be, he's part of the Patino family tree. Sure. And so he was like the video coordinator or something. And he used to like drive to Kimbe to like, I mean, to Kimbe, uh, Antoine Walker to like go get lunch or something from the facility. Yeah. And Antoine Walker would be like, Man, you gotta start living large. Like this car is shit, and like, and he'd be like, "Look at my wallet. Nothing but hundreds in there. Hundred, hundred, fifty. What's that doing there?" And he rolled down the window and threw a fifty out the window onto the highway. <laughs> and like, sure enough, that guy's bankrupt down the road. What are the yeah. odds? Yeah, but yeah, he was uh, he was pretty much telegraphing that he would be broke. I, I love those stories. Like M Mike Tyson's driving from Connecticut to Florida. And then he's at some point along the way, he gets sick of shifting his Ferrari. So he pulls into a Rolls Royce dealership and buys a Rolls Royce to drive it the rest of the way down <laughs> yeah. to Florida. Like it's just like, it's just so, or sound, sound decision or Alan Iverson never, never packed clothes to go on the road. He would just <laughs> buy new clothes in every city. Like I just leave them there. Amazing. Why would why would the money ever run? Amazing, amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, what else is going on? All right, it's a, it's a hypothetical, but hypothetically speaking, if you were trying to get away with murder, what would you do? Like, what okay. kind of thing would you try to do? Let's say the murder has been committed. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think? I once I once went on a camping trip, and and by the way, 
F minus zero stars. Do not recommend. <laughs> Would never, never, never offer to do as much again. But this was a very long time ago when I was a little younger and drunker. And it was it was a bunch of guys camping on this beach at this lake. And there was a bunch of guys I didn't know. And we were just kind of sitting there in chairs one day. And one guy, while we were there, had a very, very vivid, detailed description about how he would kill his mother-in-law and hide the body and how, and it was like a (laughs) A little too descriptive. Yes. It was like about, um, it was like the Scott Peterson. It was around the time of Scott Peterson, I think. And he was like, no, what you do, he's, he's like, you roll the body up in chicken wire. You don't weight down the limbs. You roll the whole body up in chicken wire and then you put carabiners on each side and then then you weight that down so it pulls the the cement buckets pull the whole chicken wire roll down to the bottom and then the ant and then the fish eat the body and you don't know no pieces of body part fly up because you don't have like the weighted the weighted arms coming out of the socket and i was like holy fucking shit like how do i get off this beach um so First thing I would do is I would probably not describe to random strangers how I would dispose of the body. That would probably be one thing I would do. That's that's a good one. I would, you know, have an alibi. I would, you know, be out of the country. I wouldn't be like, oh, I was chipping golf balls or I was in the shower. I was taking a nap or me and Cato were at the, me and Cato were at the McDonald's. And, uh, you know, I would have like a pretty airtight alibi that I was in a right. different place. That would be the number one thing I like, do. Less, less is more. Like yes. very quiet, you know yes. that kind of. Yeah. Well, well, former New England Patriot and Florida Gator Aaron Hernandez had a slightly different approach. Uh, prosecutors described in court the other day that uh, there's a tattoo that indicates uh, that he got in in 2013 that indicates he may have uh, committed a double homicide. Um, they the tattoo they claim depicts a gun and five bullets Hernandez allegedly used to shoot and kill Daniel D. Abreu and Safiro Furtado outside of Boston nightclub in 2012. Yeah. They th- they think this tattoo depicts the same type of gun used in the shooting. They also said he has another tattoo with a semi-automatic handgun, a bullet, and a puff of smoke, which they say represents the alleged incident when which Hernandez shot his friend Alexander Bradley in the face and left him for dead in Florida. Now, Bradley survived and will likely testify against Hernandez in this trial. Um, a third tattoo at the same time as the two handgun tattoos says, God forgives. Now, t- assistant DA Patrick Hagan reportedly said that Hernandez's tattoos are, in fact, an admission by Mr. Hernandez. Now, Brian, although I really hope the prosecution has more evidence than trying to draw meaning from shitty tattoos, how dumb is Hernandez for leaving this permanent set of gr- breadcrumbs? Well, he's very stupid. He went to Florida. Um, you, I, I really want him to go to court and then I want him to do that thing that they do in like movies where they, where they have like all the suspects pictures on a bulletin board and then they, um, and then they tack like pieces of yarn to like connect the dots, yes, yes. <laughs> but they do that. But why the yarn? I don't know. The yarn seems know. Little, It doesn't seem like a, like a modern approach no. and yet like they still use it. They well, use yarn a lot. I haven't seen yarn in years. Like right now, Ed, if I was like, Hey, I'm setting up a bulletin board. We're, we're going to bust this case. It's the wire. Go out and get me some yarn. 
Like, where would you even go? Like, how, <laughs> like a craft store? Hey, who knits, who knits around here? <laughs> Does anyone cram a knit? I'm trying to solve a, mo- a murder. Can somebody get me some goddamn I yarn? Mean, we're, we're never going to crack the case unless we have red and blue yarn. Two colors. But it would be, it would be funny if they made him take his shirt off in court. And the prosecutor went up there with like a length of yarn and would see exhibit A, this tattoo. And then he would connect it. He's like, here's the gun. Here's where, here's the other tattoo that also right. depicts a murder. Soon his chest and arms look like the inside of the garage in a beautiful mind. Just like <laughs> yes, yeah. post-it notes and shit everywhere. This, uh, and you think you're like, oh yeah, well he could just say, oh, it's just tattoos. Well, there was a murder case here where I am, Los Angeles, California. And this was a few years ago. And they were like these, it was a gang shooting and some guys got shot in front of a, um, in front of a liquor store. And they're like, we think it's this one gang member, but we're not sure we're not, you know, we're going to bring him in. And the gang member, the guy's name, I recall this was Chopper. And they're like, this guy, we think this guy Chopper. That's kind of a lame gang name, right? Yeah, I get, yeah. I don't, I don't know how he got that name. Unless, yeah, unless you're cutting people, like Chopper sounds like, hey, come here, Chopper. Like it's it's the gang dog. I just assume like all the gang names they get from colors like Rocket and like Clown yeah. and like, you know, like there's only so many gang names, but apparently there's all different ones. So they bring this guy Chopper in and because he's in a gang, they get they have to um, take pictures of his tattoos. Like that's the rules you get. And they, he might have been on a probation violation or anything, but if you're in a gang, it's you know, this is, might be a First Amendment case. I don't know. But they, they get to take pictures of all your tattoos and catalog them. And so they take this fucking guy's shirt off. And on his chest, he has a huge tattoo, shittily done by one of his buddies, but able to make out. It's a, it's a picture of a helicopter chopper. Mm-hmm. And the helicopter is shooting some guys in front of a store. (laughs) And the store, the store is like very detailed, the exact location where the guys got shot in front of the store. And this guy, Chopper, went to prison largely based on the fact that he had a tattoo of the Mm -hmm. fucking actual crime drawn on his chest. What I'm saying is that Aaron Hernandez... Could easily well they have tons of evidence on him anyway, including eyewitnesses right. and shit, and lots of he was there that right. night. They have including the, the friend, including the friend who he shot in the face but didn't finish the job. Yes, I think. Oh well, yeah, his, his the friend he shot in the face. He shot him in the face because the friend's like, "Hey, we got to talk about that thing that happened in Boston," <laughs> and and that made Aaron Hernandez, who was pr- probably on PCP at the time because he likes to smoke PCP, it made him irate. Like the guy has a temper. And when you when you mention the two murders he did while you were there, he gets a little mad and he shoots you in the face. So I, I'm, I don't Seems think this is going like to Seems like an odd well. move yeah. to bring up the murder with a guy who you know has no problem in ending no, human lives. No, I would, ne- I would not mention it. I would be like, if, if I had a buddy that was like known to kill, I'd be very soft-stepping each conversation and be like, so how about uh, – things yes like i try to keep it real vague like n- you know no tension how you feel that breeze <laughs> yes. what the fuck's that supposed to mean yes. um now nah, i'm just just saying maybe we didn't feel the breeze i don't i don't know i'd be like one of those mike tyson yes men i'd be like well, hey what do you need champ anything anything i can get you champ you want another iced tea hey 
Champ, you think about getting a tiger? That's a great idea, Champ. Champ, I was going to say you should get a tiger. Yeah, Champ, you want to buy a Rolls Royce? Get a fucking Rolls Royce, Champ. I was just going to tell Like, I would be the most agreeable dude in all, especially if, if the guy was, you know, if you had witnessed him kill a couple other dudes before. Uh, yeah, it, it, I love how, for some reason, Urban Meyer doesn't get any shit no, for, no. for having, I mean, he right. had a ton of goons on his team. The, Hernandez is, of course, the worst, but he just had Tebow, and, like, that's supposed to right all yeah. the wrongs of all the shitty players he's had. Because Tebow loves Jesus and circumcises orphans. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, okay, what else? If only yeah. he could stop bullets. Right. Uh, okay, let's move over to hockey. Now, in 2006, an 11-year-old boy sent a letter to his favorite hockey player, young Caps superstar Alexander Ovechkin. The letter contained a hockey card and a self-addressed stamped envelope and a note to Ovechkin that read, if you don't sign this and send it back to me, when I make it to the NHL, I'm going to give you a big body check. <laughs> That's great. Now, understandably, Ovi never responded. Right. Well, that boy, Miles Wood, grew up and is now New Jersey, the New Jersey Devil rookie winger. When the Devils played the Caps, Ovechkin caught wind of Wood's story and before the game sent over a signed photo to the Devils dressing room that said, take it easy tonight. <laughs> the, the, the Devils won 2-1 in a shootout and the two got together for a picture after the game. Now, everyone took away a cute story from this, but the bigger question is, what kind of asshole parents would let their son send a threatening letter to someone? That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, the, like, if your son did that, you'd be like, yeah. I mean, like, you're kind of a psychopath. Yeah. The um, the former guest of the Baller Lifestyle podcast, Travis Rogers. Yes. He once tried to send a. I don't know if it was threatening, but it was a very critical letter to Rams quarterback Dieter Brock. Uh, but his his <laughs> mom quickly put a stop to that because he has good parents. His parents were like, "No, no, you're not sending. To, you're not some asshole kid. threatening a grown man. <laughs> like, stop it. Sending a letter to Dieter Brock." But I will say this: back in the in the fifties, the studio system. If you sent a a fan letter to this is before mm-hmm. the internet <clears throat> if you sent a fan letter to clark gable or rock hudson it would come to the studio and some secretary would sign his name to an eight by ten and send it back to you and you and then you would open your mail one day and you'd be like holy shit rock hudson sent signed a picture of himself and then and somewhere someone in your family probably has like a signed picture from Marilyn Monroe or uh, Jane Russell or somebody that was big back then. And you're like, holy shit, this is an heirloom. Well, guess what? They didn't fucking sign it. Somebody at the studio did it. That was their job to have the secretary sign it. Same thing, especially in this day and age where people are a little more angry, it seems. They have better (laughs) access to weapons. People are Seem to be a little anthrax. <laughs> yeah, people seem to be a little more unhinged. Like, how hard is it to have your assistant or whoever takes care of that shit for you or somebody for the from the team? Everything that comes into the team, just fucking turn it around, send it back. It would be very easy to have an intern do that, and then you wouldn't get hip checked by some guy on the Devils ten years later, right? Yeah, but all that being said, I would notify my assistant. That if anyone gets spicy yeah. with their with their request, do not 
Do not sign it. Yeah. Just ignore yeah. it. Fuck that kid. Yeah, but that's that's the one that puts you on a list. These people, that's true. people like that make lists, Ed. Like, like in Billy <laughs> Madison, uh, Steve, that's right. Steve, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi had a list. So, hey, dropping names. Saw Steve Buscemi at a concert not that long ago, like a few weeks ago. And dude's looking kind of old. Yeah, I saw him and he was doing that Louis C.K. online thing. Did you watch that? I watched the first episode and I was like, this is this is something you got to be like, it's heavy. It sounds like, insanely depressing. Yeah, and so I wouldn't say it's bad. It was one of those things I was like, I got to pick the time where I really want to go all in on this thing. So I plan to eventually. Yeah, right. Like, I, I really do, but it was like, when I watched that first episode, I was kind of expecting, you know, Buscemi could be pretty, pretty funny and yeah. affable. Yeah. And I knew nothing about it. It was like Louis C.K. sent out an email. It was like, hey, I got a new show online. You want to check it yeah. out? And so I checked it out within like a week. And and it was depressing. It was yeah. sad. It sounds, I've heard him interviewed about it, and it sounds like it's a pretty heavy thing. Uh, I will say this, Steve Buscemi. One of my all-time favorites, like really Terrific such actor. a good actor and just a good dude. And I've fucking liked him and everything he's ever been in. So how about yeah. so another Adam Sandler movie? He was fantastic in The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. Great, great movie. <laughs> Where he's like, he does the best man speech. Yeah. I mean, this is this is probably the final Adam Sandler movie it's I ever the watched. The last good Adam but, Sandler movie, yeah. <laughs> but he's like... He's given the best man speech, and he's like, "Hey, so remember that time in Mexico? I guess, I guess there are hookers." And then he gets all drunk, and he goes, "Best man, mean better man." And then, yeah, yes, so good. He grabs the guitar from the the, the guitar player and starts playing it. I'm the best guitar player in the world. <laughs> so good. He's awesome. I always want. I've never been at an unhinged best man speech wedding, but I would I would definitely like to attend one. I was at one where the best man definitely had sex with his brothers his brother's wife like before they got married and made several wow. references to it. Super uncomfortable. Eskimo brothers, brothers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, real brothers. Wow. That's and there were a lot of references and like a lot of uncomfortable stares at our table. Like, you know, the, the relatives, you know, aunt Joan didn't know what the fuck was going on, but we all knew it was, really I don't, you know, I'm not the jealous type. I don't, I don't judge anybody's past. We all have a past. Mm. We've all made decisions in our life. And I don't, like, to me, who someone's had sex with is just not any of my business. I don't care. But if my betrothed had banged, like, my dad, my brother, you yeah, know, like. like a, it's a little too close. Yeah, like a blood like, relative. Literally close to home. I, literally close to home. I wouldn't judge the, the person, my, my beloved but I would. It would be a hard. I. Don't, I think it would be a bridge too far. I just don't think personally I would be able to see past. I would have visions of that every time it. You know, we got close to banging. And it, and another thing that is, it's not really related, but it's another thing that I always wonder. Yeah. And I know it happens a lot when I see somebody marry someone with the same name as their sister or mother. That's weird. Yeah. Or dad or brother. I see it sometimes and you're like, that's got to be weird. It's got to be weird to like get naked with someone of the same name as your sister. Yeah, that would be. um, Yeah, I think that would be a little weird. Very weird. I don't know. 
Um, I see it from time to time, and I, I, I want to ask that question, but at the same time, I don't want to plant a seed that they hadn't been thinking about. I'm like, oh yeah, that is or, weird. Or like you know how sometimes couples kind of look like they could be brother or sister. Like sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes somebody will inadvertently made up with someone that looks like their brother or sister. That's a little weird. <laughs> That's a yeah. that's a little heavy. Uh Ed, before before we move on, I got yeah. it. Last week writes a bill has written me a song. Terrific. We, we played it last week, but then writes a bill. Then then we got on to other content that was that was yes. less lively than the content we did. And he felt <laughs> he felt we had really not given his song its due credit. Like well, so, I think we should play that song each week going into the non-sports. Yeah, okay, let's so let's let's do that. I'm going to play it now. Here, here's Wrightsville's new song. <laughs> My name is Brian, which I happen to love. My name is Brian. They call me the other guy. I host a podcast show I'll give hetero life a try If you see something on my hand That makes you think I'm not a man It's just my cool rings, you see They're as sparkly as can be I'm my own Troy on breathtaking it's, it's, just, it's breathtaking i can't it's perfectly written it's perfectly produced it's perfectly performed it's the perfect length like he just yeah. gets in there he calls me homosexual a whole bunch of times and in a very funny way and then it ends i love it yeah it's a it's a it's a well well done but i was thinking of the original song wasn't the original song about like Child molestation no, or something? She, Luca. Or homelessness? No, Luca lived on the second floor, and he, and what? She never really, Luca's a sexually ambiguous name. And I, I so I. it was a boy. It is a boy's name, right? But there could be a girl called yeah. Luca too, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not judging the name itself. I just feel like that was in the era of a lot of message yes, songs. No, it was in the 80s. It was by Suzanne Vega, and it was a child abuse theme. Yeah, Luca was getting yeah. his ass beat upstairs on the second lot floor. Of, a lot of message songs. Like they, it was, it was like they saw the special, very special episodes on TV, and yeah. they're like, "All right, let's do some very special songs." A lot, yeah, a lot, for of, a lot of them. A lot of real bummers. I, um, Tracy Chapman, you got a fast car. Yeah, like life yeah. fucking sucks. It's, and what was that band that had the runaway train, and uh, it was like a bunch of homeless or runaways? Soul and, Asylum from Minneapolis. Yes, Dave Perner. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of message songs. I was banging Winona Ryder at the time in her prime. Oh, that's that is peak Ryder. What what was he? What was he so bummed about the child abuse for? Like, calm down, dude. Yeah, life's going pretty good. Who has time to worry about that shit? Yeah, what are you up to now, Dave Perner? You're probably still doing that song. (laughs) Not Winona. Some club somewhere. Yeah, not Winona. And a lot of people were um, hitting us up over in the past week about. Scarface the pit bull. Yeah. <laughs> Scarface is a pit bull that lives in I don't I mean if I had to give you a guess, if I gave you 3 <laughs> guesses, 
as to which state in the union Scarface lives in. What? What? what, what where would you guess that Scarface the Pitbull lives at? Um, California, oh. North North Dakota, oh. or Florida. Oh yes, that's right, Florida. <laughs> um, Florida. Florida and the NBA, the only places where people still think Scarface is a good movie. Um, they name these people. What I remember, it goes really long, it's, right? It's really long. It's really bad. He does a really bad accent the entire time. The characters are cartoon. Like everything about it sucks. You, it's you. You look back on it fondly. They're like, uh, uh-uh, Brian De Palma, like Al Pacino, uh, hot Michelle Pfeiffer. Orange County native. And what what's his name? Robert Loggia. He was a good character. Robert Robert Loggia. He was always good. You can't you can't fault Robert Loggia. Uh, and right. the dude and the dude that played um Al Pacino's buddy. He was good in that. But Stephen Bauer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh but other than that, this movie's terrible. Uh well, there's a there's a people who like that movie. Some people in t- the Tampa area. They had a dog called they have a dog called Scarface. Scarface the Pitbull. And they made the mistake uh, sometime around Christmas of trying to put a sweater on Scarface. And Ed, mm. you'd be shocked. The pit bull called Scarface did not want a sweater to be put on it. <laughs> he did not want a sweater to be put on to the level that he went on to mall. Not one. <laughs> not two. But three members of the family, including one <laughs> that was able to stab their their beloved family member Scarface, and that always that always when people are like, "Hey, um, you know this dog, the dog is a part of my family. Like I would do anything for my dog. I love my dog so much. Except when he goes a little bit crazy, I'll try to stab him in the head with a knife." <laughs> anyway, the, well, if he's mauling people, I guess you you have to. I guess, but if you're like maybe your child got you know went rabid somehow or something, and you right. you would exhaust every opportunity well, that's, before. That's what I always point out to people when they're like, "Oh, it's just like a kid," and I'm like, no. "But there's a price tag on that's every right. dog." That's right. There's a price tag. Like it's like fifteen hundred. I mean, <laughs> hey, I I I love that dog, but fuck, you know, I couldn't I couldn't deal with spending another $8,000 on Bosco. Exactly. Sorry, we, Sorry. Had, we had to put Bosco down. Sorry, I apologize. We're, if you said that about your kid, eight grand. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, the kid, love that kid. Love that kid, but eight grand. <laughs> it's too much. It's to too down. much. Too much. Sorry, broken leg, you're out, buddy. Uh, so anyway, this Scarface was eventually subdued uh after the 22-year-old son got a knife and stabbed the dog in the head and the neck. So he landed a couple shots. Scarface was not deterred. Um, the, the cops came over. They tased Scarface. Uh, but Scarface was able to, to wiggle out of the prongs of the taser. I feel like tasing technology needs to get a little better. Um, eventually, they were able to do that thing where they have the long stick with the loop at the end of it. And they got Scarface around, which is like the universally. Now what is that? Yeah. That's also something that seems very antiquated. Yeah. The old loop yeah. on Hold the on, stick. Hold on, I'm going to tell, tell you what that thing's called. Oh, first, oh, they hit it with a beanbag gun also, which did not, which did nothing. Then they hit right. it with the taser. Oh, the, there's no beanbag gun that's going to stop a pit bull named Scarface. No. But, you know, pit bulls are, even a big pit bull is only like 
75 pounds. Like, I don't, you know, there's, there's a lot bigger dogs. Uh, but, yes. but those things look like, like muscle. Yeah, they're pure like, in their jaws. Once they, like, once they I get on. I have a buddy there. who has a, a big pit, pit bull. And if that was trained to kill, that thing would yeah, kill. Yeah, kill you. Uh, eventually it's a, called a catch pole. Eventually the dog was captured by animal control using a catch pole. Um, every, everybody was taken to the hospital. I don't know. This happened a while ago, so I don't know. It's been a week. I don't know what's cause as of, as of press time, they weren't sure if Scarface had to be euthanized or not. It would be funny if the, if they, um, if they just had the whole like Tampa PD show up to a, a, a mansion with like M 16s and just like blast him coming down the stairs with the machine gun. <laughs> Anyway, Ed, I you you'd think that of all the people to know that Scarface the Pitbull didn't fuck with sweaters, you would think it would be the people that named the Pitbull Scarface, right? Exactly. And it I don't I mean Christmas sweaters. I remember when I was like 6 or 7 having to put on some shitty Same. Christmas sweater, Same. my mom put it on, yeah. and it's like if I had really sharp teeth and the ability to to make sure I don't have to wear that sweater at that age, I probably would have done yeah, something about yeah. it. But I was just a shitty little six-year-old, so I had to take it. So, like, you know, the, Scarface is essentially Harambe in this situation. Totally. He's Innocent. Just, he's just doing, he's just doing yeah, what he does. Killing squirrels out in the yard, doing whatever he does, yeah. intimidating the people. Fucking 22-year-old kids ready to murder yeah, him. Stabbing him in the head, in the neck. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool if, if Pitbull had, a, yeah, a giant pile of milk bones and then the, uh, yes, he yes. comes down the steps. Hello, say hello to my Bow Wow friend. And then they all shoot. <laughs> Milkbone dust all over his nostrils. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, in, he's not, he didn't, he oh, didn't put so on dumb. the sweater, but he has like a silk kimono style robe on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so dumb. That would be pretty good. That actually brings up, Ed, you mentioned the Christmas sweater. That is that actually brings up a bad memory because right it was right as my childhood was going off the rails. Um, my mom dressed me. She got me like this Christmas cardigan to go take a picture with my like a Christmas like a Sears or JC Penny like studio picture with my brother and sister. I was probably about fourteen, and I had this stupid cardigan on. And at the time, I was like had this. I was you know, fancy myself kind of like a hippie rocker kid. So I had this like long, like fluffy fro that my mom was really annoyed with. And so she like tried to, she tried to like hairspray it and like, like part it, yeah, like shape it, put it into something. I just remember her going, what are you, what are you trying to do with this hair? And she, and so she, she like tried to get, like put it together with, with hairspray. And then, and, and then I had to go take the picture and I just ended up looking like Kirk Cameron's gayer, like bizarro, <laughs> bizarro gay Kirk Cameron. And that was, that was like the, that was like the end of the that's, innocence right there. Like my childhood never recovered from that moment. That's, that reminds me what this around Christmas time, I was at my mom's and I saw some, like she had some pictures out of Christmas's past. Oh, that's great. I remember I was like fourth grade or something. Yeah. And like my aunt, we were at like my grandparents and my aunt gave me a goddamn teddy bear for Christmas. And like, I was like told I got a, like, everybody was like holding it. And there's a picture of like a group of us and I'm holding a teddy bear and I look like a kid in a hostage video. Like I'm like holding this teddy bear. Like 
Are you fucking kidding me? Like, like, like the Christmas story where he's got to wear the big like bunny outfit, and he's just so sad. And I'm looking at that boy, the boy version of me holding a teddy bear, and I'm like, "How did this fucking kid ever have sex in his oh life?" Oh my god, I wish that picture were on Instagram. That sounds that's much better than my you picture. Know what? I'll tr- I'll try to find yes. it. It's 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 a sad maybe one. Maybe, maybe next time Christmas. I'm down at my mom's. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll post it. <laughs> It's a sad one. I I have no problem posting a sad picture myself. It sounds amazing. (laughs) Because luckily I did eventually have sex. (laughs) Good for you, buddy. (laughs) See, I got two kids. Uh, Ed, speaking of people that like to have sex, the French. um, Mm. These. We. You know, it's, we're, we're in a time, we're in, this is, they call it populism now. We're in a populist era, a nationalistic era where it's very important to to express how America is the best place and it's going to be even better than it ever was. Exceptionalism. Right. And it's, but it's, but it's, yeah, exceptionalism. That's right. American exceptionalism. But it's, it seems to me that those people that hold those opinions are people that haven't been to other places and seen how it's. Haven't been to other towns. Yeah. Like see, seen how it's like, (laughs) oh wait, it's actually kind of cool. Other places like these, these other people. Right. They live pretty well. Benchmark. Benchmarking is what you should be doing. Always trying to find the next thing. Not, not, not just try to make sure everything stays the same. Well, somebody's really trying to step it up, step it up on us. And it's the French. And I'm pretty sure the Mm. Germans, the rigid, regimented, very precise Germans, they already have this rule, but now the French have adopted it. And it's, it's the, it's a new law, federal law in French that you're in France, that your boss can't email you when it's not work time. So you you kick off at five o'clock and I used to have this boss and I would wake up in the morning and I would have all these emails from her as a woman. I would have, not that that's germane to the story. I'm just, you know, elucidating, just drawing a picture here. She would, I would wake up and I would have all these emails from her that she had sent at like two o'clock in the morning asking me questions. (laughs) Lunatic. What are you trying to prove lady? Like, yeah, yeah, you work hard, okay? <laughs> but you can work hard till 7 o'clock, not 2 a.m. Anyway, that's not allowed anymore. In France, you can't email your employees on the weekend. You can't email them in the evening. You got to email them during work. And if you're – so basically, if you think of something, you got to set an, a reminder t- for the email to go out at 8 a.m. because it's, otherwise you are breaking the law. So Ed, I need to know: Should we mm-hmm. still pretend to be better than the French for their no weekend email rule, or just stick with the um, acting like their mandated ten weeks of vacation is somehow a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, people are they. You're like shamed for yeah. thinking vacation is a good idea. Like being refreshed is is definitely good yeah. for productivity. Maybe maybe you know you take months and months off. That's you know, maybe it's too much, but like, yeah, the the fact that like I've worked in offices where any vacation time, it's like, oh, you're really going to use all your days. Hey, like, what's what, up, what? short timer? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. off. And I remember uh, being on a tuk-tuk in Thailand yeah. and getting a call, frantic call because I said if there's an emergency, there's some something with like blowing up with a client, you can reach me on Michelle's phone. Right. And like calling about some bullshit, like you know, just a regular trade. Oh, you're 
customer, you know, really demands and we, we need to take care of this this week. It was like a Friday. I'm in Thailand and it's like this can't wait till fucking yeah, Monday. Just, yeah, just handle it. Like we've we've got to deal with this inverse IO immediately. Oh. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. off. Like it doesn't it doesn't nothing. Nothing matters. If everybody collectively said we're just going to stop here like the French are doing. Yeah, there's like five important jobs that you need to be. That's right. Like on call all yeah. the time. There are like five. Yeah. And guess what? Almost everybody is not working Nobody that job. Nobody within the sound of my voice has one of those right? jobs. You're a doctor and you've got on call hours. Yeah. Fine. That's that's different. That's, you know, you can't you can't tell bodies when they're when but they're those guys doing still things. take vacations. You pass it off to some other dude. You and you respect the... it when he's on vacation. Yeah, yes. But I'm saying like when you've got on call hours, that's that's something else. Don't get shit faced when when you might have to go to the hospital you, type Ed. Thing. Do you think yeah. the stress of that important bond tr- trade that you were thinking about while you were on that tuk-tuk in Thailand, do you think that caused you to be unable to properly communicate that you wanted a hand job to the hand job mistress, to the to the person whose job expressly was only one thing, and that's giving dudes hand jobs? Yeah. Well, that did happen probably the next night. Yes. Yeah. But bet, bet, bet you, you know, never I was thinking together I, like that. I was thinking I I may have added this part to the story, but that same night I was out with like this lunatic Australian. Yeah. He's the one who took me to this place. All Aussies are crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like fucking cranked to eleven at all yeah. times, and we were out late, 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 late in night. this this club after you know after after the nonsense at the uh, at the soapy massage yeah. place. And we're at a club in Thailand, and he hands me, like, a fistful of ecstasy. And I am just looking at my hand full of ecstasy, and, like, I am in fucking Thailand. Like, I've seen these movies. Yeah, Yeah, like, I've got to, and, like, and I'm just looking around, and I immediately, you know, have that moment of clarity. I mean, I've I've been drinking for 12 hours and been in all these crazy Thailand places. And I just had that moment of clarity and I was like, okay, I need to. And I went right up to him and I took his, like, uh, he's wearing a, you know, a, sh- a button down shirt and I took his breast pocket. I just dumped them all in there. And I was like, I am yeah. getting the fuck out of here. I cannot get arrested in Thailand no, with a lot of drugs, no. a lot of drugs. No. Or even a little bit of drugs. Bad idea. I'd still be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question about it. I'd still be in yeah, jail. Totally. You would. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump right in because we're we're blessed to have with us yeah. a very pop culture correspondent. The one the only we're always we're never quite sure she's gonna make it onto the program, so it's always nice to have her here, of course. That is if she's not too stoned. Of course, I'm talking about our very own fancy sauce. How you doing, fancy? Hey, cake. Oh. Oh, it's a little slow on the draw there. Hey, Where guys. Are you? Talk- <clears throat> I heard my name. A little, little too high for the show. I no, I just heard you talk. You guys were talking about bosses that email on the weekend. Oh yeah, you have one of those. Yeah. Does he listen to the podcast? I don't think so. Oh, Okay. He likes a. What nationality? American. Yeah. Yeah. He's a white guy. Loves a 24-7. I noticed, even though you work in a creative field, Mm. I noticed that um, when I went to, when I was drugged, I mean, when I attended your Christmas party, (laughs) 
I was making small talk with a bunch of your coworkers there when I mentioned that I had a podcast and they were like, oh, you do, do podcasts. I listen to podcasts and I was telling them about my podcast. I'm like, yeah, you should check it out. Kate's on it. And everyone like went, huh? And kind of mm. looked at me. She is not, she definitely does not broadcast that around the office. I don't do a lot of chit chatting. You know, I don't do a lot of chit chat with my coworkers. You work, you work in a creative field. This is a creative thing you do on the side. Very I think much you a, might want to talk about that. I'm with very those much guys. an island at, at work. Yeah, because you're because you, there's a lot of superhero talk yeah, though, right? A lot. I mean, not in, a lot involving yeah, we don't, me. We don't do a lot of that on no, the show. A lot of comic <laughs> comic book. Oh, they're all nice guys. Chatter. Um, yes. Very nice. Yes. People that I work with. Yes. Sure. Sure, just in case they're listening. I told I told Kate that I I recorded Deadpool on the. I saw that it was on HBO. I recorded it on the DVR, and I you could not. Ha- I wish I like the guy that thinks she's stoned and uninterested on this show. I wish I could have framed her reaction to knowing that Deadpool was recorded on our DVR <laughs> because it was it was like literally there was no air in the room. I wasn't after. sure exactly what it was yes. for a minute. That that and then I realized. Yes. And I'm still confused I about why you recorded it. I don't know. I want to watch it. I heard it's good. I don't like those kind of movies, I, but I heard that one's different. Ed? No. I saw it on a plane and I got that recommendation. Well, this is this is not your average superhero. Yeah, it's like a little this, more this R-rated, a little more funny. Yeah. It's not. I don't know. And and you know, my threshold on a plane, I'm I'm willing to give a lot of things a shot totally. just because. Totally. What else am I going to do? That's true. And it was like maybe I only made it through 10 15 minutes. It was ten or fifteen minutes of sass. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't need sass. Too sassy. What yeah. is, I don't want what sass. Sass exactly. Yeah, it's like I a knew that like, like, like snark. Oh yeah, like hey, I bet you wouldn't like a bullet hole through you. Like you know, just oh, no, I don't know, no. just just like uh, like really like oh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna crack wise while I murder has, you. Ed like, has uh, totally you know, destroyed just, any chance I may have had of ever watching. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Pump the fucking brakes on the sass, buddy. Oh. Um. Did anyone notice if anyone watched the Golden Globes? Yes. Probably no one Ed did. did not, but I did. But, I did. Um, what was going on? Like. They kept on having oh, like a yes. male and a female presenter would walk up, right? And the guy would have a really over-the-top orange spray tan, and the girl would have like untouched, never-seen-the-sun, milky-white skin, and the contrast was... It was it, so shocking that I, it, it did, I several took times. two screen grabs, but there was more than that. Yeah. It was crazy. Was this like... Was it a Trump thing? Yeah, that's what people were saying. I started to yeah. think that that's what it was. Yeah. Something was going on. Yeah, uh, Michelle did tell me she was she was watching the other room, and she she told me like at the, as I was going to bed, she's like, "Oh, but you do have to see Ryan Gosling. He did he said something so sweet, and I was like, is it the fact that he's dreamy? Yes. Like if Steve Buscemi had the same thing, do I need to watch yeah. it, or is yes, it like exactly. because he's he's very dreamy? It, I don't I don't need to see any he, of these things. I watched it, and he was making a speech, and he was like, "I want to thank, uh, I just want to thank my wife um, because at, without her, you know, staying home and taking care of the family, none of this would be possible. I wouldn't be able to be out right. here chasing my dreams as and, if he hadn't endeared himself to women around the world. And as already. as he, I was <laughs> I was listening to the background. I'm able to compar- don't compartmentalize say right now. as as he was talking. I could hear. <laughs> and it was it was around the room in the Beverly Hilton Hotel ballroom. I all the panties were dropping. 
as he as he was speaking because he's how Ryan Gosling. How do they Gosling. drop like with right? They're how that that's like they're being they're being ripped off that sound. No, uh, suddenly they just become very loose and saturated. Yes, yes, they're just they just oh, need nice. to come off as though by right. supernatural force. Okay. And I wouldn't know because I've never <laughs> witnessed it because I'm not Ryan Gosling. Right. Uh, you could say the same speech. That's yes, the same. It wouldn't no. Right. Right. So you gave Every, my, everybody. Yeah. So you gave my like, no, no, no. Speech. What he said was really good. I was like, no. What he looked like when he said is yeah. What, what that's you that's the thing. Um, newcomer Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> so good. That's really it was so good. Oh, and you Tom, loved it. Tom Hiddleston. You may not be aware of him yet. Ed. He uh, well, is he, a pretty. Of course, he plays prolific. Loki in the Avengers. So he's Ed a, knows he's who he a is. British actor. I. I did see one Avengers movie. Okay, yeah, he's a British also. actor that is in a lot of stuff. You've seen him. They've talked he about him award being the next for James Bond. Night Watchman, I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, it's a, a mini series he's in. Okay, with, so with and he also Laurie. He also dated Taylor Swift right? quite publicly for about three months after she broke up with um, yes that Diplo guy. Right, Calvin Harris. Anyway, he got up and gave an acceptance speech, which was one of the best humble brag. Oh, it was amazing. I'm so fucking great speeches I've ever heard. He, and they it was so on the nose that they panned around the room and people like Christian Slater and yeah. Vince Vaughn were their their, like expressions of like, holy fucking shit. He talked about how basically in a nutshell, he said he went to the South Sudan and the villagers had seen No, his- no. He went to do some, like, aid work yes. with Doctors Without Borders. Yes. Which he kept referring to by their French name in French. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Like, five times. Oh, I didn't notice that. And said, they all came up to him and said, you know what? We, as relief to the work that we do, which is so traumatizing, we got relief by watching your miniseries. Yes. yes. That's what he announced. That's what he announced. Heroic. Yes. They they saw. Should Google. They should Google that YouTube. They saw his AMC miniseries, and it got him through (laughs) the pain of having to. I'm not doing it justice. You should look it up. Ebola and and losing limbs in the diamond mines. Pretty great. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, That said, takeaways from the Golden Gloves. La La Land won a bunch of awards. This is a movie I will never see because it's a musical yeah. and all musicals are There terrible. is zero chance I'm going to see that. Never. I'll watch it if it's on a plane. Yeah. You're a chick. Uh, but if I, I'm on a plane but, and it's on, I'll watch it. Um, what's that movie that I loved that won Best Picture? Oh, Manchester by the Sea. No, that didn't win, but that's a good movie too. Have you seen that, Ed? Oh, Best Picture. It's very oh, Moonlight. You, you recommended Moonlight. it. It's just psyching myself yeah. up to see a depressing movie. It's, it's tough. Yes. It's I'll tough. see it when it's on cable, but like to go to the theaters to see that, I, I just I don't see, know. If, if you go, you so should take a flash. See, yes, I did. See Moonlight. See Moonlight Manchester is, by the Sea. Yeah. And if you're if you're into weird French movies, see the movie L. E L L E. Isabelle Huppert won. That's me doing my French yes, accent. She, she won Best Actress. She totally deserved it because she's that a, movie. she's incredible in that movie. But it's a it's a very strange movie directed by Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. If you're into weird movies, check it check out. Check it out. Okay. Oh, Paul Verhoeven. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly. He's the, back. That's exactly the reaction you want. Yeah. Check out that movie L. Okay. Let's get into the life coaching portion of the show. This is somebody that last week 
we met, we did a mild shaming of here at the show. We offer you the opportunity to contribute financially to the show via a website called patreon.com. You can go there, patreon.com slash the baller lifestyle, and you can make a financial contribution. Last week, we made a, a bit of fun about somebody that had given a rather smallish donation. Any amount. Not me. I did. Well, not. I did. Any, any amount that you contribute is very much appreciated. So, but this person, this is a person that's a friend of the show. This is someone we've helped in life. This is someone known to us. So it was just kind of funny that he, um, he chose to make what I would consider a minuscule donation, considering that he is somebody that is, has been involved in the show. He has responded in only his, in a style only he can. The subject line of the email is your stiffest Patreon. Brian, Ed, and Fancy, let's just get right to it. My apologies for the indefensible $1 per month contribution I made. Fancy Sauce's voice had a serious whiff of disapproval to it. That sauce hit me right in the face. I had a pretty good chuckle with Brian's super subtle clues as to who the stiff might be. But I felt like Chevy Chase's boss in Christmas Vacation. So I started thinking about how much I tipped the high schoolers for cleaning my clubs after a round and realized that I should be treating you guys with the same charitable spirit. I hope you'll accept my increased donation amount of five bucks. That is what you give the clubby. Now, to the fun stuff. Have y'all tried this thing called acro yoga? I've done yoga. No. I don't know about acro yoga. A couple weeks ago, I grabbed a few glasses of wine with a girl who used to work for me when I was in college. She has since become a very talented yogi. After wine, we went back to my place where I told her that I had been considering trying yoga to help me avoid golf injuries. <laughs> I love reading oh, so much. Jesus. Having seen Instagram videos of this new acro yoga, I asked her about it and she started to show me how to do it. About 30 seconds into it, I had a raging hard on that wouldn't go away. A true diamond cutter. Foot and hand placements for her became tricky propositions with my pelvic area, but we kept going for a few more minutes. As you can imagine, what happened next is nature took over clothes came off and we really got after it brian slash ed my question for you is who is the genius that created this acro yoga and why hasn't he been giving a medal of honor for branding a new way of making foreplay while also incorporating some good stretching best read in houston <laughs> uh, well my first thought when i saw this email read is Reads a hero, and thank you for the donation. Absolutely. But if you were doing acro yoga with Kim Davis, that Kentucky clerk, you would not have a diamond cutter. So I hate to tell you, but the acro yoga was just a bullshit foreplay move, and it has nothing to do with any sort of yoga. Of course. I Also, I like that he's soliciting our advice on, like, we're going to tell him, give him some – have some knowledge about this he's yoga. Having sex, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he's just telling us that he bones his old intern. Right. 
Yeah, and I like that he's he's very curious about yoga after a few glasses of wine with a chick that he clearly right. wanted to fuck. And I like that not only did the yoga help him get laid, but helped limber him up for the next day's golf game because <laughs> Reed in Houston is nothing if not a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you very much for that read. You are the man. Thank you for the donation. And that was a fantastic email. Kate. Congrats on the yoga. Kate, anything to add? Do, do you, would you like to coach me up in a bit of acro yoga later? I'm, oh. I'm a little stiff. No. All over. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm going to Google it. Though. Okay. Google it. Uh, okay. Um, here's, 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 and I was just busting your chops, Reed. Oh yeah. Reed, you're the man. Um, Here's an F Mary Kill from Ish Ballers. Here's this week's FMK. I don't know if Kate's going to know who these people are. Chris Berman, Chris Christie, Chris Matthews. Kate, do you, want, you don't know who Chris Berman is. No, who's that? He's this fat, sporty guy. He's a blowhard. Yeah, he's a, he's a red. He's like a giant tomato. He NFL. But he, Chris Matthews, he's been doing NFL for thirty years and doesn't uh-huh. know the sport. Yeah, of Chris Matthews is the guy on Hardball who loves. Oh, yeah, he yeah. loves the movie Love Actually. Yeah, right, and, right. And, <laughs> oh, I saw I saw that on some show. They kept John showing. Oliver. John Oliver did a good thing and, on and, it. And um, Chris Christie is Ed's governor. Well, I know who Chris Christie is. Yeah. he. I'm definitely gonna fuck. Are you gonna fuck Chris Christie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to kill Chris Berman and marry Chris Matthews. Okay, Ed Daly, quickly. I'm envious of that because I would like Chris to kill Matthews Chris Matthews and Berman, I are going to lay in bed on the weekends and, and watch, watch Love, Love Actually. Actually, I actually, yeah. I actually know somebody who golfed with Chris Matthews <laughs> and said he was he was actually like a pretty funny, fun time yeah. to hang out he with. Like is. it was, he said he he was expecting him to just be like have a hard on for all things politics, but he said he was he was just an affable guy. So I'm going to marry him. Um, uh, because my sister is a teacher in New Jersey, I know some teachers. Chris Christie has to oh, die, yeah. and then and then also that bridge oh, bullshit. I feel like I've had commuters I've had adding like two hours to people's commutes. Fuck that no, dude. So he's gonna die, and I, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to fuck that bloviating tomato, Chris. Yes, Burnham. um, Chris Christie. He's a real piece of shit. Fuck him. He's dead. What if I'm, when I have sex with him, he dies of a heart attack? Yeah, there you go. Okay. You kill, you kill too. I'm going to fuck Chris Matthews. I'm going to marry Chris Berman because this guy, when he's not on TV, he's probably a pretty good party. Like everyone says he's a cool dude. He's got the whole year with me leather story. Like the guy is probably not that bad when he's not on TV. So I'm going to marry, well, I'm gonna marry heard, Chris Berman. I heard someone say the in the past week that – um he, what you see is what you get. Like he's the same Chris Berman as you see on TV. That would be terrible to hang out with that guy on TV. Yeah, he's a little. He's, he's, he's yeah, he's awful. Yeah. He's, he's the unfunny uncle you're trying yeah, to avoid. Uh, okay, Kate, pop culture. What is going on in the world? We've already talked a little Golden Globes. What else is going on in the world of pop culture? Apparently, there's a story going around the British tabloids about how. George Michael, R.I.P., yeah. had 500 mm-hmm. lovers over the course of seven years. Its source is not some hustler looking for money, though. It's the late singer's friend, in quotes, because I think we can use that term loosely in the yeah. story, none other than shitbag Piers Morgan. Oh, he's a huge piece of shit. Um, so yeah, does anyone like that yeah, guy? Yeah, there's some column he writes called the Weird Diary Column for the Mail on Sunday, yeah. which is a paper London in tabloid. the UK. Is that the um, one with the chick's titties on page 
three? No. The mail is garbage. <laughs> the mail is garbage. Yeah. Um, anyway, he writes, a, he writes a column where he claims that the TV personality, I'm sorry, that he recalls a dinner party at a mutual friend's house at which Michael was outrageously indiscreet. And you need to, to imagine Piers Morgan's annoying accent, as well as hugely amusing, unpredictable, provocative, and entertaining. Um, meaning that he talked about his sex life, answered a hypothetical question about which woman he'd most like to sleep with, and relayed an amusing story about Rod Stewart. Um, anyway, he was just trying to impress people. He sounds like a great party guest. Um, it just sounds yeah. to me like... And when he was talking about Rod Stewart, did they talk about him having to have his stomach oh, yeah, pump? Yeah, that's true. Because it was full of that's semen? True. No, I got a I got a look from Rod Stewart one. I know. Uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kate dropping names. Um. Anyway, it just sounds like typical Piers Morgan, um, over exaggerating. Yeah, I'm not going to slut shame George Michael in life or death. I wouldn't oh, do so that to anyone. <laughs> like, I'm surprised it's that few. And he never mentions um George Michael's long term boyfriends in this column. So yeah, I doubt they were really. But friends. I've seen. I saw Six Feet Under. These gays in a relationship, they're still both men, so they're both sort of free to go fuck around. That's so great. Interesting. You know, it's so like, hey, we're both dudes here, so you know, it's like, it's cool if you you know get a blowjob from the. I don't Caddy, think that the that, cart boy. I don't think that's true for well, all. Was on six feet under. That's the only gay couple that I'm intimate gay with. Gay relationships yeah. at all. Well, I, I don't. don't I, I've known some single gay guys, and it's like green light yes, all the they time. They always want to bang. And imagine if you were. Imagine like, if they're famous in the bar. Yes, this yeah. guy's George Michael. Like any, you know, he's he's the uh, equivalent. Like you wouldn't shame a, a, a straight. Famous guy for banging too many chicks. Shame anyone. No. Why would you shame no. anyone? I know. I'm not into Who this kind of cares? shame. Um, Piers okay. Morgan's an idiot. Douche. Okay, what else, Kate? I have an update on the flipper flop divorce. Oh, um, Ed, Ed, you're <laughs> intimately acquainted with the flipper flop family, are you not? Tarek El Musa and his oh, wife Christina. These were the people who were chasing each other, chasing one another with That's, guns. Or yeah. Something? yeah. He well, he Tarek ran out of the house with guns, and then later. Challenged my dear friend walk off HBP to a fight on Twitter. He wanted <laughs> he wanted him to come to his gym and get in the ring. Well, Tarek has filed for divorce from wife yeah. Christina. She was fucking the contractor. We're told they are resolved to continue their show Flip or Flop. Thank God. Oh, that won't work out. Um, but interestingly, he has asked for joint custody of their two kids and also wants her to pay him spousal support, but wants the judge to block any moves she makes to collect it from him. Yeah. Yes. They were, they were co-stars or does like she have more of a career than him? Yeah, I think. They're co-stars on the show. I'm sure their deal is she has a little more going on moving forward. Mm -hmm. She probably has like some book deals or something, endorsements. Uh, Best of luck to them. And I don't, Unfortunately, this Tarek, he lives on the wrong side of the 91 freeway for Southern California local people. So I don't think my buddy Walkoff HBP is going to be meeting him in his gym to have a boxing fight. But (laughs) I ain't mad at you, Tarek. I don't know if you saw these um, photos on Monday, but David Spade was involved in a pretty um, bad car wreck. Oh, no. I actually did see this. His His car is totaled. The whole... um, all, one of the wheels, he had a Range Rover, and one of the rear wheels with the whole suspension attached to it still 
had like shot across the intersection was like on the sidewalk on the other side of the street. Um, yeah, there was a few. And what happened to him? I think he's okay. I think he's okay. There was a um, video where he gives a play-by-play of the wreck that I didn't watch. Oh, yes. Um, he's wearing a Bass Pro's hat. Well, this, um, Bass Pro Shops. That's where you want to be taken. Yeah, I want Brian to take me to Bass Pro Shops because I've never been, but there's one like half an hour from my house and we pass it on the freeway. Uh, yeah, it's much more than half an hour away. It's about an hour. (laughs) Plus away in an area that would never. We're probably never go. going yeah, there. We're not going to Bass Pro Shop. Uh, yeah, uh, Range Rover, very safe vehicle. You got a big. That's what he heavy says. Vehicle he says like that. that the Range Rover saved his life, basically. Yeah. So. David Spade, he's one of these guys you forget about. Insanely funny, incredibly he's funny, very Love very him. funny. Yes, love yes. that guy. Super funny, super little, and just a an unmitigated, untouched. Champion Coxman. Unbelievable Coxman. Yes. Just absolutely. Really, he used to bang my roommate, yeah. who I shared a wall with. Yep. True story. Dropping names. Was it- and then one year he gave her as a Christmas present Uh-oh. a $500 gift card to Victoria's Secret. And she was so offended. She's like, Offended? Yeah, she's like, This is a gift that he sent his assistant out to get. Yeah. And he probably gives this to all his. Right. And why was she fucking him? Because he was she, famous. She well, thought he was her boyfriend. She thought that things were going to go in a different direction, yeah. I'm sure. Anyway. Did you did you hear any like any heads bouncing off the wall or any headboards going when David Spade was in there slaying it? I mean, there was noises. I'm not yeah, going like to go into it. But yeah. Was she really into him for his looks? <laughs> yes. Is, or was maybe because of his fame there was something going on. Um, is David Spade a loud comer? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. Oh no! So don't tell me that. Hey, I, I would. I sorry, would mom. change some a lot. guys. Some guys are loud comers. Stop it. All right. That's, a, that's all I'm saying. Gross. Some guys really express themselves. I don't. I don't want to know when that. They ejaculate. All right, moving on. Feels really good, and they just let out a sound. You I'm just wondering know, if David Spade's one of those do guys. Do you guys know who Scott Storch is? I do. I know who Scott Storch I, is. He's a music mogul. I've producer. heard the name. He hold on. I'm gonna Scott Storch produced a Is he in that Christian band? No, no, no that's Scott Stapp. Scott oh, He's a music producer. Scott Storch was one of these guys in the in the nineties. I feel like maybe Puff Daddy he worked with. Okay, here. Oh, 15 best Scott Storch songs. I'm going to tell you right now. He produced a lot of hits in the 90s and he got really fucking rich. But then for some reason, he needed like uh, 27 Aston Martins and he was like buying all these cars and he'd buy them and then and he'd had a big mansion did in Miami. A, did he have an MTV Cribs episode? He did. And he had cocaine problems. He definitely had cocaine oh, problems. So he produced. He was young. He was like he was young when he when he hit it. It yeah. was like in his twenties. And he was one of these real nerds. And here's the problem. Here's what happens when you don't get any pussy when you're young, and then you all of a sudden you get lots of pussy. It's it clouds your thinking. You can't make rational decisions. Okay, he produced Busta Rhymes' Bladow. Oh, that is Memphis a big one. Bleak featuring Jay Z and Beanie Siegel, Murder Murder from two thousand three. Be- oh, oh, see, he was making big, big dough. Beyonce, Naughty Girl, 2003. T.I., Chillin' With My Bitch, 2004. Terror Squad, Lean Back. Mario, mm. Let Me Love You. These are all big songs. 
Chris Brown featuring Jewel Santana Run It, 50 Cent, just a little bit. Little Kim lighters up. Wow. Chameleonaire, turn it up. He's, wow, that's a big, that's a yeah, big Yeah, it's player. Fat Joe featuring Little Wayne making And Ray. I feel like he was like 25. Yeah, he was super young. When he was yeah. at the height of his fame. So but anyway. He's, he's, his star has fallen. What's going on with him now? Okay, so I, apparently. He's broke. He's broke as shit. Apparently, he got married to some chick. Yeah. Christina Gray in Vegas one night when they were wasted. Oh, Britney Spears style. In 2011. And he has only just now, five years later, filed for an annulment. Five years ago? So a, he's been married this whole time? There was a picture of annulment. the handwritten like, um, request for an annulment. Because he can't afford a lawyer. On the internet. And it's like, I mean, he looks like he was wasted when he wrote the handwritten annulment request as well. Um, it's he's barely probably, legible. He probably never isn't wasted. He's always wearing sunglasses. So uh, but I like that he's asking right. for this marriage that he's saying they got married and then never saw each other again. And he's waiting five years later to get it annulled. I wonder if he could find her. Pretty funny. That is pretty funny. That's, uh, okay. That's my segment, that's, everybody. That's it? Yeah. Excellent job. Mellow this week. Oh, no, great job. We appreciate it. Uh, Rob yes, excellent job, Kate McManus. Thank you, Ed Daly, Reed in Houston. All of the all of the people that reached out. I'm very very appreciative of our audience. Everybody that involves them with themselves with the show means a lot to me. We'll do it again soon for Kate McManus for Ed Daly. I'm Brian Beckner. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, guys.